Imagine that thousands of years in the future, humans visit one of the most dangerous objects in the universe. The journey is uneventful. There's nothing to see, just the vast blackness of empty space. But the darkness is deceiving. It looks empty, but it's not. Just ahead, invisible to the human eye, is a small black hole. The astronauts chose this specimen because its modest size means that the spaceship can get relatively close without being sucked in by its gravitational pull. The ship stops at a safe distance, but for one astronaut, it's not enough to monitor the invisible giant from afar. They want to see firsthand if anything looks or feels different outside. So they put on their spacesuit and step off the ship. The cocky astronaut floats across the void. Their suit releases tiny pulses of air to help them navigate. They check in with the ship, but their radio doesn't work. Refusing to panic, the astronaut activates a light to check out their radio panel. It says it's on, but the panel doesn't illuminate. The space traveler turns and sees that the light inexplicably streams behind them. No matter how they angle the bulb, its beam only heads in one direction, into the black hole. Gravity has taken control. Without realizing it, the astronaut has passed over the threshold, the event horizon. And now, there's no getting out. Welcome to Unexplained Mysteries, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm your host, Molly. And I'm your host, Richard. In life, there's so much we don't know. But in this show, we don't take we don't know for an answer. Every Tuesday and Thursday, we investigate the greatest mysteries of history and life on Earth. You can find episodes of Unexplained Mysteries and all other Spotify originals by Parcast for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. This is our first episode on black holes, mysterious invisible objects with the power to alter space and time. Their inescapable gravitational pull gobbles up all the matter that passes too close. Today, we'll cover the history of these mysterious craters in time and space. We'll talk about what astrophysicists know about their structure and behavior based on theory and observation. Next time, we'll look into how some unimaginably large black holes formed, seemingly before the Big Bang. Then, we'll dig into the theories on how and why some astrophysicists think these all-powerful, supermassive black holes might hold the key to the creation of new galaxies. We have all that and more coming up. Stay with us. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? 
That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. In the simplest terms, a black hole is a celestial object whose mass is so dense its gravitational pull becomes irresistible. Even light can't escape. Black holes have fascinated and puzzled physicists and astronomers for generations. They've also ignited the imaginations of filmmakers, painters, poets, and other artists. Earth isn't close enough to any known black holes to get caught in their unavoidable gravitational pull. But our minds still feel their tug. These all-powerful objects enchant and entice us, like something scientific, but divine. But unlike spiritual beings, black holes can be quantified. In fact, their initial discovery wasn't even through a telescope. It was through mathematical equations. In 1915, physicist Albert Einstein built upon the basic laws of motion established by Isaac Newton. Newton's laws categorized the effects of gravity, but they didn't explain gravity. In particular, Einstein was interested in how gravity worked without a stopping point. On Earth, objects stop falling once they hit the planet's surface. At the time, physicists had no way to understand how the force worked in space. But Einstein wanted to explain it, and did so through his groundbreaking theory of general relativity. He defined gravity as a curved warping of space and time. Think about a trampoline with a bowling ball on it. The ball settles in the center and pulls all the material around it downward. In this analogy, the bowling ball is a celestial body and the trampoline is space and time. The depression represents the way Einstein theorized massive interstellar objects could warp the fabric of reality around them. In this case, we mean massive in the physical and literary sense. General relativity is about how enormous objects, like planets or stars, change the nature of space and time with their gravity. But for physicists, massive doesn't always mean big. It does always mean a lot of mass, which is the amount of matter contained in an object. The more mass something has, the stronger its gravitational pull. But a very small object can still be very dense. So the word massive can also apply to something that's smaller than a fraction of a pinhead. Einstein's theory inspired other great thinkers of his era, including German astronomer Karl Schwarzschild. Since his teenage years, Schwarzschild had been enthralled with planetary orbits and he enjoyed calculating them. When Einstein published his theory of relativity in 1915, Schwarzschild was a draftee in the German army on the Russian front. 
Although his government enlisted him to calculate artillery trajectories, Schwarzschild spent every spare moment absorbing Einstein's ideas. Schwarzschild used Einstein's equations to chart exactly how much a massive object can influence space and time. This influence is an object's gravitational field. Einstein's theory was rough, using a series of approximations and assumptions. But as he sat in the trenches, bullets flying overhead, Schwarzschild applied it using real figures and numbers. He sealed his work into an envelope and sent it back to Einstein in Berlin. Einstein was flabbergasted. He'd never expected that his theory could be completely solved. And even though he could follow Schwarzschild's math, Einstein found his conclusions rather outlandish. Schwarzschild mathematically reduced a hugely massive object, like a star, to an infinitesimally small area. When he applied Einstein's equations, he found that the gravity of that tiny object massively distorted space and even light. His calculations indicated that when matter or light passed near this theoretical object, they weren't just attracted to it the way we are all attracted to Earth's gravity. Atoms and particles of light called photons fell into the object's gravitational pull. And when they passed a certain boundary, they stopped. They ceased to exist. Schwarzschild mathematically proved the existence of an area of space with the ability to trap matter and light permanently. Once they passed the threshold, there was no escape. Although Einstein couldn't deny Schwarzschild's calculations, his numbers were still theoretical. Einstein didn't believe that the phenomenon could really exist. Perhaps he was disturbed by the idea that nature could generate such a destructive, all-powerful force. And he wasn't the only one to dismiss Schwarzschild's conclusions. For the next several decades, his discovery remained fringe science. Even when a theory emerged in the 1930s about how dying stars could turn into super-dense objects, the most prominent astrophysicists remained skeptical. But in the 1960s, Princeton physicist John Wheeler revisited Schwarzschild's mathematical enigma, connecting it to dying stars and atomic power. Here's how. Every star, including our sun, is in a constant state of nuclear fusion. This process generates a lot of energy, which pushes outward from the star's core. That thrust keeps the star stable against the inward press of gravity. Young stars fuse light elements like helium. As a star ages, especially the most enormous stars, it is forced to fuse increasingly dense elements. Once they get too heavy, they no longer generate enough outward energy to counterbalance the inward push of gravity. When that happens, the star collapses. All the matter on the outside of the star rams into its compact core, then explodes back into space. At that moment, the star becomes a supernova. But although the explosion pushes the outer layers of the star far into space, the massive dense core remains. To give you a sense of just how dense, the core of a neutron star 
packs a mass about one and a half times the size of our sun into a radius of around 10 miles. Don't visit the core of a star and expect to find any breathing room. John Wheeler theorized that if the core was massive enough, gravity forced the remaining matter into the unimaginably tiny point that Schwarzschild had predicted. Astronomers and physicists called this the singularity. Wheeler still didn't have any physical proof of this process, but he was enticed by the logic of how this theory aligned with Schwarzschild's calculations. In addition, Wheeler finally gave Schwarzschild's theoretical object a name, a black hole. Wheeler borrowed the term from an infamous 18th century prison in Calcutta, India. The prison was overcrowded and incredibly hot, so much so that the conditions sadly killed many inmates. One particular horrifying 1756 incident left dozens of POWs dead overnight. As terrible as Calcutta's black hole prison was, it didn't hold a candle to a cosmic black hole. Inside the real thing, there could be no survivors. However, black holes were incredibly elusive. John Wheeler had named them, but he'd yet to find one. By definition, they're the absence of matter. They're invisible. This means that in order to prove that they existed, astronomers had to tackle the seemingly impossible task of locating nothing. Coming up, how astronomers finally found a black hole lurking in our very own galaxy. Listeners, here's a show sure to tug at your heartstrings. When it comes to love, every story is unique. Some play out like fairy tales, and some don't. In Our Love Story, the new Spotify original from Parcast, you'll discover the many pathways to love as told by the actual couples who found them. Every Tuesday, Our Love Story celebrates the ups, downs, and pivotal moments that turn complete strangers into perfect pairs. Each episode offers an intimate glimpse inside a real-life romance, with couples recounting the highlights and hardships that define their love. Whether it's a chance encounter, a former friendship, or even a former enemy, our love story proves that love can begin and blossom in the most unexpected ways. Follow Our Love Story free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Now, back to the story. Black holes are a mind-bending cosmic phenomenon that absorb all matter and light within their gravitational pull. Carl Schwarzschild mathematically demonstrated their possible existence in 1915. But astrophysicists and astronomers remained dubious well into the 1970s. 
The main obstacle to finding proof of black holes was simple. We can't see them. The massive giants emit no light, making them invisible to telescopes and the human eye. But there's a way to get around that. Just like gravity itself, we may not be able to see black holes, but we can see the effect they have on the matter around them. Their immense pull attracts the surrounding material and light, completely altering its behavior. Dr. Jana Levin, a professor of physics and astronomy, compares spotting a black hole to spotting a tornado. A tornado is composed of violently rotating air, which isn't visible to the human eye. When you lay eyes on a funnel cloud, you're not seeing the whirlwind itself, but the debris it has picked up. It's much the same with a black hole. It's impossible to see the object itself, but its damage is detectable, especially if we look with sensitive instruments. The light we can see is only a very small sliver of the electromagnetic spectrum. The NOVA documentary Black Hole Apocalypse described it like so. If every electromagnetic frequency were laid out across the 6,000 feet of the Brooklyn Bridge, our vision would only cover a few feet. When it comes to locating a black hole, we need to look at the higher energy end of the spectrum, to X-rays. Cosmic X-rays are huge bursts of energy generated at unimaginable temperatures, millions, even tens of millions of degrees. In the 1940s, a Geiger counter launched into space found that the universe was awash in these waves. But for decades, no one knew what produced them. In 1970, astronomer Paul Merton attacked this problem by working backwards. He couldn't track the source of the electromagnetic waves, but he could track light. He figured he could find a light source, like a star, that was affected by whatever generated the X-rays. Then he could zero in on their origin. For some time, Merton had been studying binaries, or pairs of stars orbiting each other in a gravitational dance. Merton landed on a hypothesis. Perhaps there were binaries made up of one star generating light and something else which generated X-rays. In order to test this hypothesis, Merton needed to locate an orbiting star that didn't appear to be engaged in a binary. Essentially, he needed to find a star that appeared to be circling nothing. He searched throughout the Cygnus constellation for something that fit the profile. Finally, after cataloging several typical binaries, he landed on a potential winner, a star predictably orbiting every 5.6 days around an invisible partner. Murden determined that the other half of this particular binary gave off enormous bursts of X-rays. It proved his hypothesis. Murden named this yet unknown object Cygnus X1 with typical scientific logic. It appeared in the Cygnus constellation X for X-ray source, and one because it was the first such object he cataloged. Murden strongly suspected that he'd located a black hole, but he didn't have proof yet. He had to find a way to measure this invisible object's mass. 
Astronomers at the time had estimated that stars needed a mass at least three times the size of our Sun to generate a black hole. Merton gathered more observational data on the star he could see and used that to calculate the estimated mass of its binary partner. When he finished, a smile broke out across his face. Cygnus X1 had an approximate mass six times that of our Sun, definitely heavy enough to be a black hole. In 1971, Merton and his colleague Louise Webster published the find, the first possible discovery of a bona fide black hole. But they both faced a lot of pushback from establishment astronomers, including their direct superior, the Astronomer Royal, Sir Richard Woolley. But other younger scientists found Merton's claim exciting. In 1974, American theoretical physicist Kip Thorne discussed the discovery with renowned British physicist Stephen Hawking. Neither man could be sure that Cygnus X1 was the real deal, but they both hoped it was. They shook on a now-fabled bet regarding the possibility. Thorne wagered that the Cygnus X1 would be proven a black hole beyond a doubt. Hawking took the superstitious position that it was something else. He wanted Cygnus X1 to be what it seemed, but he didn't want to jinx it. But over the next few decades, more and more data indicated that Cygnus X1 was indeed a black hole. By June 1990, most of the academic community agreed with Murden's hypothesis. Finally, one day Hawking managed to covertly break into Thorne's workplace and mark the bet with his thumbprint, conceding the wager to Thorne. Although Thorne and Hawking had made up their minds in 1990, Cygnus X1 couldn't officially be declared a black hole until someone could calculate its exact mass. There were formulas that could determine this, but first, astronomers had to figure out how far it was from Earth. A Harvard scientist named Mark Reed knew that if he recorded images of Cygnus X1 from two vantage points, he could generate an enormous isosceles triangle, a triangle whose two longest sides are equal in length. Then, Reed could measure the angle at the top and use geometry to solve for the distance between Cygnus X1 and Earth. But generating this precise imaginary triangle required a huge amount of coordination. First, he recorded an image and noted where the Earth was in its orbit of the Sun. Then, he took the second image six months later when Earth had moved 180 degrees through its orbit. That way, the distance between the Earth and Cygnus X1 formed the two equal arms of the isosceles triangle. The bottom of the triangle was the diameter of Earth's orbit. All Reed needed to do was determine the angle at the other end of the shape. But Cygnus X1 was billions of light years away. The angle Reed needed to measure was infinitesimally small. The NOVA documentary, Black Hole Apocalypse, compared the measurement to the length of Abraham Lincoln's nose on a penny. If the penny were in San Francisco, and you were trying to see it from New York. 
In order to capture such a minuscule angle, Reed needed to collect data from several telescopes. He and his team reached out to labs across the continental United States, Hawaii, and St. Croix in the Virgin Islands. He gathered 10 radio telescopes, giving him superior angular resolution. The telescopes synchronized, all recording images from Cygnus X1 on the proper day. Using a computer, Reed extrapolated that data to simulate a telescope with the diameter of the Earth. With that information, Reed calculated that Cygnus X1 is 6,000 light years away from Earth. That distance allowed Reed to determine a much more exact mass for Merton's discovery. 15 solar masses. In other words, Cygnus X1 was as dense as 15 suns. And it was over two times larger than Merton had originally estimated. More importantly, Reed had proved beyond any shadow of a doubt, Cygnus X1 was the first black hole ever discovered in the universe. But for scientists, Cygnus X1 was just an appetizer. Even before Mark Reed's discovery, astronomers and astrophysicists were ravenous for more information. Labs around the world developed different methods to locate and observe black holes. Remember, Merton had championed a method that allowed astronomers to find black holes based on the effect they had on light and other materials. But some astronomers wanted to detect black holes that weren't acting on any other matter. At first, this seemed like an impossible problem. As far as scientists knew, if a black hole wasn't pulling in matter, it wasn't releasing X-rays. A black hole that was simply floating through empty space left no trail, like a tornado in a vacuum. Without the resulting destruction, nothing indicated its presence. But then, astronomers realized they needed to seek help from the universe's most well-seasoned space traveler, light. Even if a black hole isn't close enough to a star to drag it off course, the star's light is still affected. It either ends up inside the black hole's gravitational field, or it skirts alongside it. These lucky photons that just flank the edge of the black hole intrigued astronomers the most. Because while the beams of light managed to escape, their course was still affected. Instead of traveling in a perfectly straight line, their path curved. When astronomers observe a black hole traveling in front of a star, no matter how far away it is, the light from that star momentarily appears to encircle the gravity well, like a halo. This illusion is called gravitational microlensing. It could theoretically give astronomers a glance at a black hole as it passes between a distant star and the Earth. But that would require catching it in the act, the equivalent of finding a needle in the cosmic haystack. So, astronomer Tim Axelrod took on the challenge. In the 1990s, Axelrod and his team at the Mount Stromlo Observatory near Canberra, Australia, examined a narrow region of the sky. But it was only narrow in the cosmic sense of the word. 20 million stars laid within their observational perimeter. Every night, 
Axelrod used a telescope to take a detailed photograph of this exact same patch of sky. He and his team recorded the brightness of each star, hoping to catch a change that could indicate gravitational microlensing. Axelrod's peers thought he'd taken on an impossible task. The chances of him stumbling on the right star at the right time were estimated at one in a million. But with the help of a sophisticated computer program, Axelrod kept at it every night for eight years. At some point, he must have considered giving up. The statistical unlikelihood of success would have been crushing. But one night, all the searching paid off. Axelrod located a seemingly unremarkable star that appeared to dramatically dim from one night to the next. The following night, Axelrod anxiously awaited the data. As soon as it came in, Axelrod rushed straight to the star in question. This time, it got brighter. Over the next few nights, the luminescence continued to rebound, as though it took several days for the star to fully recover. Perhaps a particularly large black hole had passed in front of the star. With Axelrod's work, even the most distant and evasive black holes could be unmasked. And as astronomers located more of them, including in our own galaxy, they finally had the opportunity to observe them. But the more scientists learned, the more mysterious and terrifying black holes became. Coming up, what happens in a real black hole and what humans might experience if they could approach one. Welcome back to Collector's Closet, presented by the Ohio Lottery. Let's discuss my newest prize possession, this new $10 scratch-off, the $500,000 Platinum Jackpot. The best method I've found so far to help it hold its value is to vacuum seal it. This thing cannot get scratched. What's that? Sorry, my producer's telling me the only way it could be worth up to 500 grand is if I do scratch it? Okay, well, in that case, definitely don't overprotect your $500,000 platinum jackpot scratch-offs. Play them. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, back to the story. Generations of astronomers and physicists insisted black holes could only be science fiction. But the multi-decade work of Carl Schwarzschild, Paul Merton, Mark Reed, and many others unequivocally proved their existence by 2010. Now that scientists knew black holes were out there in the cosmos, ready to be observed, they began gathering data. It turns out, the process by which a black hole attracts matter is a jaw-dropping spectacle. Astronomers call it feeding. Take binary black holes like Cygnus X1. They don't just orbit their companion stars. They slowly flay them, stripping away the outer layers of the sun's mass. This process creates a thin line of matter flowing steadily from the star toward the black hole. 
Some of the dust and gas goes directly into the singularity, passing through its event horizon. The event horizon is the strange boundary that Schwarzschild predicted with his calculations. This is the border between the outside of the black hole and whatever crushing horror lies inside it. Nothing that passes over the event horizon can ever escape. And all the matter the black hole gathers from its companion star becomes part of it, increasing its mass. Black holes don't just feed, they grow. But the gravity works incrementally, not all at once. Not all the matter the black hole pulls off the star goes past the event horizon. Because, just like its companion star, or perhaps more aptly, the victim star, the black hole is spinning. As it pulls the star's outer layers toward it, the matter rotates within the black hole's gravitational field. It swirls around the center like a whirlpool of water before it's sucked down the drain. Although the massive object at the center remains invisible, it's now surrounded by a bright, billowing saucer of matter and photons. It's like the black hole is lit up by a spotlight. This maelstrom of gas, dust, and light is called the accretion disk. It creates a circumference around the black hole and can stretch hundreds of light years away. The accretion disk swirls laterally around the black hole, like Saturn's rings. On some larger black holes, it also looks like the gas and debris spin vertically over and under the black hole as well. But that's a mirage created by the warping of space and time. The intense gravity forces the debris in the accretion disk to revolve at unimaginably high velocities. The atoms closest to the event horizon spin at half the speed of light. As the particles in the accretion disk ram into each other at high speed, they heat up millions of degrees. At that temperature, these bits of matter shoot out X-rays. Ironically, the immense gravity at play prevents some of the matter in the accretion disk from ending up inside the singularity. Feeding black holes, like Cygnus X1, blast some of the atoms and radiation away from themselves, perpendicular to the accretion disk. These powerful particle beams are called jets. Scientists aren't entirely clear on the physics of jets. As best they can tell, the hot gases swirling around a black hole form a magnetic field. Somehow, these magnetic fields have a role in funneling some matter away from the black hole and into the surging jets. Black holes push their jets with incredible amounts of force, sending the atoms within them millions and millions of miles, almost at the speed of light. Some jets span whole galaxies. And this runs counter to some of the early wisdom about black holes. Prior to the observation of a feeding black hole, many scientists and laypeople alike thought they were silent, invisible voids drifting through space. It turns out that in reality, they seem more alive than any other celestial body. Priya Natarajan, a professor of astronomy and physics, describes black holes as breathing, fire-eating demons. They're a very violent fireball, very active. 
And if humans were ever to approach a black hole, they'd have to meet the monstrous dragon at its center. Of course, people have never actually traveled to one. But with more data about black holes, astronomers and physicists can more precisely estimate what it might be like to go there. First, let's take a trip to a solitary black hole, one that isn't feeding. As the spacecraft approaches, the first sign of the intense gravitational field would be unnoticeable, yet momentous, the alternation of time. Remember, according to Einstein's theory of general relativity, gravity is the curving of both space and time. So a heavier gravitational pull means that everything slows down. If the astronauts maintain radio contact with Earth as they enter the gravitational field, their voices will sound grotesquely sluggish to the engineers back home. Within seconds, their words become completely incomprehensible. In order to understand the radio dispatch, engineers have to artificially speed up the audio back on Earth. For the astronauts, anything coming through from Earth sounds ridiculously garbled and fast. This stretching of time becomes more apparent the closer the astronauts get to the black hole, even incrementally. For example, take the astronaut from our opening, who took the ill-advised spacewalk. When they're only a few feet outside the ship, they'll experience the same phenomenon if they try to communicate with their partners inside. One of the strangest factors about the way black holes bend time is that, theoretically, the astronaut outside wouldn't physically feel any change. Although time is slowing down dramatically, the only way they'd be able to tell is by trying to communicate with someone else, experiencing time differently. The NOVA documentary Black Hole Apocalypse illustrated it with this example. Say the astronaut on the spacewalk had a light on their spacesuit set to blink every second. To the spacewalker, the light would continue to behave exactly the same no matter how close they got to the black hole. But to their compatriots back on the ship, the light would appear to blink slower and slower and slower. And the astronaut would appear paralyzed, frozen in time. They could theoretically drift closer and closer to the black hole's deadly event horizon without even realizing it. Although they might fall past the threshold in what feels like a few seconds, their companions on the ship might have to wait millions of years before they actually see them disappear. The astronaut might not realize they're even inside the black hole until they notice flashes of light. Where there used to be impenetrable blackness, now they can see the photons trapped with them. The astronaut is now rocketing toward the tiny point of mass inside the black hole, the singularity. Then, the pain begins. The pressure stretches the astronaut's body, thinning them out like a noodle. Eventually, their anatomy disintegrates every one of their atoms flattened into the black hole's unknowable core. But that's just our best guess. In truth, there's no way to know what lies inside a black hole. 
because nothing that goes in can ever come out. However, we could theorize at how it might feel to approach a feeding black hole like Cygnus X1. The conditions would be very different from our previous scenario. Certainly, no astronaut would blissfully float past the event horizon. First, they would be caught in the swirling whirlpool of dust and debris pulled off the companion star, the accretion disk. Since no astronaut would be willing to step off the ship into that storm, perhaps they'd release extremely resilient satellites to do the job. As the black hole sucks the satellites into the accretion disk, they could relay information back to the astronauts still safely on the ship. The satellites join the gas and dust whirling around the black hole at half the speed of light. Again, the warping of time and space would be evident in the data they send back. For example, there would be no way to accurately photograph the inside of an accretion disk. The light inside is so warped by gravitational lensing, it would no longer illuminate whatever's in front of the camera. Instead, any pictures would provide mind-bending displays of wildly distorted illumination. NOVA documentarians theorized that a satellite might relay a photograph of its own back. Right now, that's about all astronomers know about what conditions are like near a black hole. Research remains ongoing, but the most mind-blowing discoveries haven't been about the behavior and appearances of black holes. They also haven't been about the ubiquity of black holes in the universe, even in our own galaxy. Astronomers have only officially mapped 20 black holes in the local Milky Way, but the conservative estimate is that there are millions more. No. The most stunning realization refers to a certain kind of incredibly large black hole. Called supermassive in astronomical terms, these giants are billions of times more powerful than the average specimen like Cygnus X1. Next time, we'll dive into the cutting-edge theories about supermassive black holes, their presence upends some of the founding ideas astronomers and physicists maintained for centuries about our universe. For example, one of these ultra-powerful behemoths stands at the center of our galaxy. And as far as astronomers can tell, a supermassive black hole lies in the center of every galaxy in our universe. Perhaps instead of insatiable monsters, Black holes are actually the foundation of our entire existence. Thanks again for tuning in to Unexplained Mysteries. We will be back Thursday with part two of Black Holes. For more information on black holes, amongst the many sources we used, we found the NOVA documentary Black Hole Apocalypse extremely helpful to our research. You can find all episodes of Unexplained Mysteries and all other Spotify originals from ParCast for free on Spotify. See you next time. And remember, never take We Don't Know for an answer. Unexplained Mysteries was created by Max Cutler and is a Spotify original from ParCast. 
Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler, sound design by Mike Ramos, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Travis Clark. This episode of Unexplained Mysteries was written by Hannah McIntosh, with writing assistance by Ali Wicker, and stars Molly Brandenburg and Richard Rossner. Don't forget to check out Our Love Story, the newest Spotify original from Parcast. Every Tuesday, discover the many pathways to love, as told by the actual couples who found them. Listen to Our Love Story free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.